I have never been good at impressions. I admire those who can do impressions, but when I've tried it, I sound like me. (laughs) So when Ephesians 5 calls me to be an imitator of God, I know I've got a hard road ahead of me, but thankfully I don't have to do it alone. Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life, the adult podcast, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And that is our focus is how uh, this week is, I don't have to imitate God in my own power, but he is with us through his Holy Spirit. I am always shocked when I read in a couple of places in the New Testament in Paul's writing, where he says to his audience, imitate me. <laughs> I'm just always a little bit uncomfortable with that. Uh, I, but I, I understand as the teacher that he's doing something that's very important. Uh, but that always just catches me a little off guard. Yeah, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. Hey, joining Chris and I is Dr. Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly is the author of this study called Never Alone. Uh, Dr. Kelly is a professor at Gateway Seminary. So uh, Paul was with us a few episodes ago. So Paul, thanks for being with us again for this podcast. I'm excited to be here, Lynn. Thanks so much for letting me do it. And so for those who may not have been with us at our previous podcast, uh, Dr. Kelly, tell everyone what you do for Gateway Seminary. Yeah, I teach, uh, I teach educational leadership. Uh, what that means is that we help folks who are going into churches to do things like organize Sunday schools, uh, put together small group ministries, deal with discipleship processes. Basically, we try to help people to, uh, uh, to lead in their churches in ways that are, that are, that are creating effective, effective structures for, uh, for discipleship to happen. Um, and I, probably the, the class that I teach most, I, I think I've mentioned before, the class that I teach most often is a principles and approaches to Bible teaching class, where we just really spend time trying to help folks to know how to uh, be effective at teaching Bible study in their churches. That's fascinating. That, that's exactly what we're, that's our outcome. That's, desi- that's our desire with Bible studies for life to help people do exactly what you described. So you're the perfect person to be helping us today. Yeah. So, Paul, thanks for writing this study for us. Thanks. Yeah, it was a, it was a great experience. I had a great time writing it and, and uh, really, really uh, loved digging into the Holy Spirit and, and just the, the passages that talk about him. Uh, such, such rich stuff. Well, this is our fourth session as we've talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we're going to be talking about how he enables us to live as fully devoted disciples. And just at the outset, let me tell you guys, I love this passage. Uh, Just won't go into details, but Ephesians 5 was transformative, incredibly transformative in my life as a a young Christian. Uh, Night and day difference from when I learned the principles that we're going to talk about today. So we're in Ephesians 5. Uh, Let's begin in verse 8. And what we're going to see here is, as uh, we get into the study is this call that we're no longer to walk in the ways of the world. Uh, let me just read verses. Uh, these are verses eight through uh, nine. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of the light. For the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, testing what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, let me just uh, throw this at you, uh, Paul and Chris, uh, this emphasis on walking as children of light. Practically, what does that look like to walk as a children, uh, to walk as children of light? 
You know, I think sometimes we, we, we look at passages like this and we think, okay, this is all about behavior. I need to behave as a good person. I need to behave righteously. I need to behave as a person of truth. And I'm not sure that that's really what, what, uh, what Paul means here. That I think what he's talking about is that as we give the Holy Spirit sway in our lives, as we uh, submit our lives to Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, that he helps us to grow in goodness and righteousness and, and certainly to, to, to grow in not only our understanding of truth, but our expression of truth. That I think that sense of this being the fruit that grows out of the work of the Holy Spirit in my life is, is a huge issue. And I can tell what the Holy Spirit is doing and how available I am to him and how much I'm pursuing him to some extent by how those kinds of fruit begin to appear in my life. Um, but but I, I think that what Paul's not talking about is us just trying to work ourselves up to do good behavior, that it's more of an inside out kind of thing that I think he's calling us to. I think it's intriguing that he says not that I think we almost anticipate that he's going to say you once walked in darkness, but he doesn't say that. He says, you were darkness. Your, your life was consumed with darkness. Every evidence in your life was um, that you were in a bad place and that, that darkness controlled you. Well, and it, it follows right in line with what Jesus said uh, to his followers. You are the light of the world. Uh, it's not just you walk in the light, but again, but you now are. he's he's calling us because that's what you are. Walk like it. Uh, yeah. Paul, I think you captured that. Well, it's not just actions. It's, it's what I think about. It's my mindset. Uh, it's, it's a, it just, it permeates who I am as a, as a person. And, and I think, you know, I think of the picture that, that Paul uh, uh, talks about in, in second Corinthians of, of us having the treasure in an earthen vessel, you know, that it's not just that I get to be a good person, but that I become a reflection of a, a, a carrier of the, 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 the person of, of God in the Holy Spirit who lives that life out through me, that I hold something that's, that's this great treasure, not that I become the, you know, the, the, the best person in the world, but that, that God begins to live his life out through me and in me. Paul, you said something interesting in, in what you wrote here. And I want to refer to verse 11, um, where he says, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. Okay, that's good. But then he says, for it is shameful to even to mention what is done. And so it's like, wait a minute, I'm supposed to expose them, but I can't talk about them. I like what you said here in the book where you said, uh, if we're not even to mention the works of darkness, how can we expose them? We do it by living in the light of the Lord. I thought, wow, that's it. I don't, it's, it's my own lifestyle of my, just my love for Christ that comes out. And that's what exposes the darkness. You know, I do think, I think sometimes we read verses like this and we think that being someone who jumps on somebody else, you know, is that uh, you, you watch YouTube videos for a while and you start to see these people who think that their job is to call out every error that somebody makes in terms of their theology or in terms of their, their, their preaching or their teaching. And, and I think that that's not what Paul's talking about, at least not here, 
that what he's talking about here is really so much more setting up this contrast between what it means to walk in the light and what it means to walk in darkness so that, it, that, that we play out almost this grand play of the difference between someone who's captured by darkness and, and someone who is, is, is captured by, who has, has a heart that's attuned to, to Christ. And, and that if I do that, that if I live that out, then I don't have to jump on somebody else for being a jerk, or I don't have to jump on somebody else for, you know, choosing, you know, some evil in their life, that that, that becomes clear, it becomes evident, it becomes, it becomes visible. This is a good reminder and uh, maybe a good warning for us as we as we talk about this in our groups that sometimes as Christians, the people on the outside see us as judgmental. Exactly what you described in the, the YouTube videos and um, what you're calling us to do and what the scripture is calling us to do is to shine light so that 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 just happens we don't have to go to extremes to um uh, to judge or to respond to some of those kind of evil things um because if we are living in the light if we are reflecting jesus if the holy spirit is living uh in us and through us um it it should be evident the contrast between the light and the darkness now, as we get into verse 15, uh, we're, we're, again, we're continuing this theme, this idea that we're uh, how we walk, you know, walking in the light of the Lord. Paul's going to help us to see that, that when we walk under the Spirit's control, we're able to walk wisely. Let me read verse 15. Pay, pay careful attention then to how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And don't get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. Paul, help us to get an idea. How would you explain to someone what that means to be filled with the Spirit? Well, Paul... Paul's image here, you know, is, is to contrast, you know, what it means to be controlled by alcohol with what it means to be controlled with the spirit. And, and, and it's, it's a funny kind of thing because in, in, in some ways, I mean, it's a, it's a great picture of the Holy Spirit being at work in our lives that, that when someone is drunk, that that becomes the thing that drives their lives. It, it, it releases inhibitions. It creates all kinds of uh, slurring of speech and, and, and uh, difficulty walking. I mean, it, basically their life is controlled by alcohol. And, and what Paul is saying is, is kind of like that the Holy Spirit gets to possess your life. Now, the, the difference, of course, is that when the Holy Spirit is um, consuming my life, that it's not like that my uh, speech becomes more slurred, but my speech actually becomes more clear, more focused, because I, I speak from the Spirit. That, that it's not like that my you know, inability to walk becomes part of the problem, but actually he sort of helps me to correct my walk. So the analogy isn't that, okay, we're going to end up so controlled by the Spirit that we don't know what we're doing. That's not what Paul saying. Paul's saying that like my life is 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 
affected by alcohol where it affects every part of me that so when i uh, when i walk in the spirit when i when i experience the power of the spirit when i'm consumed by the spirit that he gives my life clarity and and direction with with such such huge impact on who i am that it changes everything about me and with that paul it's not like uh the apostle paul is saying Hey, if you really want to be a good influence, you ought to be filled with the Spirit. No, there's a command here. We are to, we are to be filled with the Spirit. It's it's not an option for us as believers. It's a call for us. Uh, and I, I heard a, a, a pastor several years ago talk about this, and I thought it was very convicting. He said, someone who's leading a Bible study group, a Sunday school class, a small group, the church would be up in arms if that teacher showed up to that class drunk yet how many times as teachers do we show it up show up and we're not filled with the spirit he said it's just as bad that we need to be under the spirit of uh, the influence of, of the spirit as we teach as we communicate and really in everything that we do in our lives and, and, and maybe that would be really simple if we could just like take the holy spirit and just like pour him in you know through the air through the mouth or something like that but the spirit himself does the filling right that he's the one that actually fills us and so our 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 part in this is is you're, like you said, it's a command, but our part in this is not to do the filling. Our part in this is to, to create a sense of openness to, to the Spirit, that we create space for the Spirit to be able to fill us, that we allow our lives to be permeated by Him, that we set aside those things that distract us from the Spirit, and that we um, in, in invest in those things that actually help the Spirit to be filling us up. All right. And it's a continuous action, as, as, uh, as you point out here, the, the Greek language here, that we're to be continually filled by the Spirit. And I have found, Paul, what helps me to do that is, is uh, I certainly begin my mornings this way, but just that conscious, Lord, I'm stepping off the throne of my life because it's not my throne. It's yours. And so I just want your spirit to take control and uh, for you to work through me. Uh, and uh, granted, I'll have to many times during the day come back and <laughs> I have to say those words again because uh, I kind of took over again. But it's, I've got to continually keep, continually keep coming to Him, continually keep relying on Him. That's so good, and the, the the idea of continuously being filled is the idea of overflow that it, that He pours Himself into us so to the point that. Uh, he 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 is overflowing in our lives and pouring out of us. Uh, I remember a guy a long time ago um, asked some questions of people to say um, uh, regarding how do you know if you're filled with the Spirit? And so his his question was when when you get bumped in life, what spills out? If when you get bumped if you're an angry person, anger spills out, that's evident. But when you are filled with the spirit and you get bumped in life, what, what does it look like when the spirit pours out of you? Uh, I've just, that just always was a, was a question that was helpful for me to think about. And, and Chris, I think the, the passage in a part kind of addresses that as we've, we've been in verse 18 where it calls us to be filled with the spirit but you come to verses 19 through 21 and this idea that, you know, when we walk under the spirit's control, 
we're going to worship. We're going to live thankful lives. Let me, let me read verse 19. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. So there's a call for three things that happens as we live under the Spirit's leadership, you know, that we, we, speak, uh, we speak to one another, uh, we sing and make music, we give thanks, and we're submissive. So let me be personal. Uh, my, my mother just turned 95, and my mom has always been uh, a joyous person and, and always was singing. But now at this stage of life, it's almost all she does is is sing and there's a there are melodies that are part of that sometimes she remembers the word sometimes she doesn't but it's just that it is almost that constant overflow of of a life committed to the lord and living for him where there's just always a song and uh, it's a pretty cool thing to see it, 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 that's so awesome. I was thinking about my mom too, because she tends to, to just sing to you half the time when she's talking it. But, uh, but I, I, I think that one of the things that's so cool about this is that while it's praise focused psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs, that it says that we speak to one another that way. And, and it seems like that there's this prompting that happens as we speak to each other in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that we're constantly not just praising God, but prompting each other back to praising God. It, it, it seems like this really gorgeous picture of how we relate to each other, that we keep pointing each other back to Christ. Mm, well said. Of course, uh, then there's also verse 21 here that uh, <laughs> where it talks about in that role as, as we sing in and worship together, but also the idea that we submit to one another. Ooh. And mm-hmm. I, I think there's a great question for us to talk about in our groups. What does that look like? I mean, practically, what does it look like to submit to one another in the fear of Christ? If it's just a matter of submitting to other people because I think of them as better than me or something like that, that's, that's not what Paul's talking about that he's talking about doing that, not because the other person is more important than I am, or because the other person is, you know, somehow good enough to have all of this, that that he says that we do that because of the fear of Christ, that because Christ has done so much for me, because he submitted himself with his disciples, you know, with the towel and basin washing their feet, because he submitted himself to death, so that I could have life, that who am I to set myself up above someone else, that I submit myself to other folks because of the fear and awe and respect and love that I have for Christ? Paul, let me quote you here what you wrote is, we easily submit to him, we easily submit to Christ, and we submit to others because we see Jesus. Well said. I think that a part of why um, that, that, that idea seems so, um, foreign to us is we, so it's, I think it's rare that people experience church from that perspective of mutual submission. And that, that's sad, but if you've, if you've been a part of the, of a church that is led by the spirit, that is spirit led, spirit filled, 
and then you're in a group of people who are like-minded and and who who do this well uh it's a it's a life-changing experience it is paul thanks for joining us for this conversation today yeah, thanks so much for letting me do this. This has been great. I, I, I hope that as the folks are, are engaging with this passage of Scripture, that this idea of learning to walk in the light through the power of the Holy Spirit um, is something that just resonates with the people that are, in, that are in the classes that we're teaching. Good. And let me just offer this encouragement, too, for the teachers. As we've had this discussion around some of the questions that are in your material, do that as well with your group. Not just don't ask a question and just get that one answer and move on. Talk about it, dialogue about it, and watch the richness that comes out of the conversation as y'all learn what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Well, thanks for joining us for this podcast, and we look forward to being with you next week. <music>